We acknowledge that we work on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge that this land is stolen land and that sovereignty was never ceded. We pay our respects to Elders, past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Wear Your Crown, the podcast where we celebrate progress, not perfection, and flex our positive mindset muscles. My name is Willissa. I'm your host for this quick pocket of positive productivity every Friday. I spend most of my week teaching, mentoring, facilitating, and speaking, and I'm passionate about issues that relate to women, disability, education, motivation, and mindset. I have spoken at conferences all around Australia, and you can find me and all of my favorite tips, tricks, and opinions at my new fancy website, www.willisao.com.au, launched this week, and I'm so excited to share more of my journey with you. Of course, you can still connect with me on Instagram at willisa underscore o underscore and on Clubhouse. But right now, I'm excited to be in your ears. So let's get on with the show. And now for some good news. Today's good news story is one that has had a little bit of media this week, which I'm super excited about and totally happy to continue its media run. In April, a new cafe opened in Penrith, which is a suburb of Sydney's west, The name of that particular cafe is the Blind Chef Cafe. Now, Craig Shanahan is the uh, force behind that particular cafe. Um, And after having his own story of developing disabilities, uh, has created an inclusive cafe designed to make the dining out process easier and more inclusive. Craig's story is pretty shocking, to be honest. Uh, He had a cancer tumour as a child and lost one of his eyes as a result of that, uh, but lived a relatively normal life as most people uh, with those sorts of physical disabilities do. He had full vision in his right eye, so he was able to do things like play baseball, uh, go to school and begin his apprenticeship in hospitality. Uh, His goal was to become a dessert chef. You know, he was really working towards that goal really productively. Then shockingly at age 23, He started getting dizzy spells and headaches and uh, doctors eventually confirmed that he had another brain tumour. The surgeons were successfully able to remove that tumour, but his optic nerve was damaged in the process, which meant that he went from someone with a relatively normal life, despite the physical disability of being without one eye, to being someone who was legally blind. And so it was deemed that it was going to be unsafe for him to continue to work in the kitchen. However, Shannon didn't necessarily let that stop him. And again, after some, you know, soul searching and some grieving process, no doubt, he started to put together the Blind Chef Cafe. Now, everything from the texture of the tabletops to the colours and the size of the tiles on the floor are designed to make sure that not only he, but other visually disabled uh, users are able to get around the actual cafe uh, to be able to follow the floor if they've got that much vision. The seating is designed to be accessible. 
the space between the tables mean that it doesn't matter if you've got a wheelchair or a walking frame or a walking stick or a pram that you're able to get around the cafe itself. The cutlery was considered as a decision in terms of accessibility uh, and use of hands and dexterity, those sorts of things. Shannon reports to the Daily Mail that uh, he's quietly confident that his cafe will be just what the Penrith community needs. Uh, without being too confident, I think it's going to be great, he says. The way that I think of it is that I either sit at home and do nothing with my situation or I go all out. It's very scary, but it's worth it. So if you are in Sydney, head on out to Penrith and go and get yourself breakfast or lunch at the, the Blind Chef Cafe. Uh, and if you do that, tag me on Instagram. I want to see. I want to go. I know that as soon as we're able to travel a bit more freely and with a bit more confidence, that it is definitely on my list of places to head out to. Oh, nice shot. Today's positive productivity tip is all about communication. If you're a Clubhouse user, I would highly recommend you joining my club, Wear Your Crown, uh, which is all about positive mindset and positive productivity. But each Sunday night, 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, I run a conversation around positivity and pain management. Uh, the people who have joined me for those conversations have been so generous with their time and their stories and their tips around how they stay positive while balancing and harmonising that pain management that they go through. Um, and as someone who is only recently moved into the chronic pain world, I really appreciate how forthright they've been. Certainly, it's a, a topic that I intend to work with on this podcast later down the track. But this week, what they've requested of our conversation is how to have positive communication with our loved ones around our pain needs uh, and our pain feelings. And so I thought based on that particular outcome and the readings that I've done around that, that I'd base today's podcast on communication really broadly and how to have positive communication, just some little tips, which again, aren't likely to be anything groundbreaking, but sometimes it's really good to have that reminder just to reset our thinking as we go through and communicate with those around us, whether they be the loved ones that we lived with or the waitress at a cafe. So much of our communication is based online these days, and these interactions can be difficult to navigate, tone, grammar, inference, all those sorts of things can be hard. But equally, especially during a pandemic when we're all being a little bit more cautious and a little less social, our reliance on technology for interactions can actually impact our face-to-face -face communication, body language, understanding social cues. If you haven't had to have a conversation with someone face-to-face, -face, it can be really easy to lose those particular skills. So given that lots of us have come off the back of a year of different types of isolations, sudden isolations, snap lockdowns, those sorts of things, I thought it would be great to do a bit of a positive productivity reminder around communication. So here are my three top tips for clear, positive and productive communication. Okay, tip number one is always go into a difficult conversation with an outcome in mind. Now, difficult conversations might be conflict uh, brought up, 
around people making you feel bad or um, you needing to get something out of a colleague at work. But it also might be simple things like asking your 17-year-old to do the laundry. Like that's a difficult conversation that I have regularly. Always go into a difficult conversation with what outcome you want in mind. Don't start a conversation if you don't know what you want the outcome to be. Wait. Journal on it. Write about it. Have a think about it. Brain dump. Do all those particular things, but don't start that conversation until you know where you want it to go. Otherwise, it's likely just to go around in circles. Um, and that's not going to be a positive experience for either of the participants in that particular conversation. So sit with that idea. Work out what's going to be the best. It doesn't need to be one outcome. It can be a couple of different options. But if you have an idea about where you think the solution to this particular difficulty is, you're much more likely to get to there much easier. Now, likewise, you might give that person a bit of a heads up uh, and you might say to them, as I often say to my students at school, I've got a bit of an idea as to how we can solve this problem, but I really want you to have a think about what you think the best solution will be as well. Now, obviously, the difference is that I work with 13 year olds and I don't expect them to solve every problem. But voice and advocacy is really important in any conversation. So make sure you give the other person the opportunity to have an outcome in mind before they start that conversation with you too. Tip number two is to consider your timing. Everyone has a story, but also day to day, everyone has a bit of a, like a, a flow state. Uh, times when they're the most productive, times when they're the most chill, uh, times where they're the most anxious. So make sure that your timing suits that particular person's uh, body language and where they're at at that point of the day. Be empathetic to their particular situation. If they look like they're a little bit anxious or they're a bit nervous, don't go in with a big ask. Don't start with an overexcited story. Be slow, be cautious, be careful, be kind. Uh, consider your timing in those particular days. Take a moment to really observe how that person looks. Ask them how they are. Ask them if there's anything that you can do to make them feel more comfortable in that particular situation. That might sound weird the first time that you say it out loud, but the more that you actually invite people to share their emotions with you, the more they'll get used to it. And frankly, we don't have enough conversations about emotions. Um, how often does someone ask you how you are and you just say, okay, because you're not really sure if they mean it. If you actually say to someone, what can I do to make this more comfortable for you? What would you like the conversation to be about today? So consider your timing, not just in terms of what's happening in terms of people's lives, but also what's actually happening in their day to day. And number three is, of course, start each day with a clean slate. I think this is super important for me as the mother of teenagers, uh, that every day is a new day and it doesn't matter how communication went the day before, uh, that each day is a new slate and you start with a new positive mindset. Uh, don't hold grudges. They're not worth it. Uh, someone, uh, one of my favorite internet quotes is that holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Uh, not worth it. Not worth your emotional energy. Uh, make sure that uh, you can certainly uh, forgive those small things. If you've had a communication trussle the day before with a work colleague, go into work the next day with a clean slate, expecting positivity expecting a good outcome. 
if you go in expecting negativity or expecting a negative outcome or wanting to continue that negativity, chances are that's what you're going to get. So starting each day with a clean slate means that you're more likely to be able to choose a positive interaction. The other person will see you make that choice and will probably be happy to make that choice with you. Most people want to be positive, they want to be kind and they want to be given the opportunity to do that. So be the bigger person, make that positive choice and start each day with a clean slate. So they are my three tips for clear, positive and productive conversations and communications. Um, I have really enjoyed doing the reading on that this week and I'm really looking forward to that conversation on Sunday. So I would highly recommend uh, that you join me if you are on Clubhouse. We'd love to have you in there. Uh, If you're not sure about how to get onto Clubhouse, you are welcome to uh, connect with me on Instagram at willissa underscore o underscore Click me a DM, happy to send you some instructions uh, and we'd love to have you on there. It is currently only for iPhone users, uh, but there is an Android version coming later this year, apparently. Hi, I'm Donna. Oh, that is a perfect name for you. I love it. Never change it. Or with Donna. That is all from me today, uh, but I hope that you have a wonderful weekend full of positive conversations. But I hope that you will join me on Monday for our sister podcast, This Crown is on Fire. Have a great weekend and I will hear you next week.